You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. Anyway, with that said, um, today I'm going to, uh, tonight, I'm going to open up into prayer. Next week we're going to have a great time, so make sure to be here. And let's bow our heads and let's bless God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening, God. I thank you for the fun and the family and the community and just the, the amazing support that you bring around uh, this place, Father God. I thank you for doing something new in our hearts, God. I thank you for the promise and the and the excitement and the hope of summer camp this year, God. Come on, Father, I thank you that we're going to have an encounter there and an encounter here, God. I thank you that you are doing a great thing. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and dwell among us, would move mightily in our midst. And as we seek you, Lord God, that we would find you, Lord God, because that's what you were promised, to seek you while you may be found. Well, God, you are able to be found now, so I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to seek you and to know you. So, Father, bless this time of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, I've got a couple of things up here I'm pretty excited about. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed watching Nacho Libre as, uh, as a younger version of myself. When did that come out, even? Like, 2006 or something like that? I don't know, like, like it's old, like some of you are like, I wasn't even born, I don't know, why are you asking me? Like, it's, it's alright, I forgive you, but I mean, like, there's that scene where they're like, there, there's a guy, right? And, if you don't know, and they step out of a place, and he's eating some corn, one of the guys, and, uh, and then there's a guy across the field from the alley from, they're kind of staring at each other, it's like a stare-off, goes back and forth, one guy flips, it, flips his, his knife open, the other guy goes, and the corn like just like jams into the guy's eye. They're like, ah, and then that's it. It's over. So, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, but I mean, like, there's just like stuff in there. I don't know if you guys have a movie for your generation that is like that for you yet. But with that said, I, I didn't just throw corn for the sake of throwing corn. Like, there's, there's something really important I want you guys to understand tonight. Everyone say corn. Corn. Everyone say apple. Apple. Everybody say sand. There you go, for salt. Got corn, apples, and sand. So the sand thing, you can ask, you can ask uh, Josh uh, Ramis. We're not going to be able to show you tonight. We had some technical difficulties, but that's okay. I'll still get to it. When we look into the design that God has for all of mankind, there's something really beautiful and unique. When you look into a piece of corn, how many of you guys like corn? You love corn. Come on. Corn is delicious. I like corn. I had corn in my homemade chili last night. Okay? Corn is good. Everyone say corn. Corn. All right. Corn. How many rows of kernels are on corn, do you think? 200. Wow, that's... No, no, like, like rows. Yeah. Okay, all right. The rows, like, you know, going like my teeth. Okay. So, that one got stuck in my mouth. That was cool. Really cool when you look at this. Corn, okay? Remember, tonight we're going a little bit about science, okay? We'll get to baptism. It's pretty important. I want to touch on the science side. Corn is delicious. It's great. You can actually turn this into gasoline. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yes. It can actually be turned into biodiesel. Wow. Crazy. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, it's a very useful... And this can actually become forks. Okay? You can turn this into plastic. Okay? The, all the things that corn can do is pretty amazing. But what I want to share with you is, did you know that in corn... 
corn. Everyone say corn. corn. Thank you. There are 16 rows of corn going down. Sometimes there's 24 rows. Sometimes there's 10. Depending, like, have you ever seen Indian corn? That's the really skinny, like, it's, it's red and beautiful. But when at every ear of corn that you will ever eat in your life, or ever see, or ever pluck off of a corn maze and chuck at people and try not to get caught by the corn cops, amen? Can I get a man? Okay, all right. We'll have uh, eight, 12, 10, 14, 16, and all the way up to as many as 24 rows of corn. Do you know what you will never find? Ever? Period? Is an ear of corn with an odd number of rows. You will never find an ear of corn with seven rows, or with nine rows, or with 11 rows, or with 13. Or 15, or 17. You guys are mathematicians better than me. I didn't graduate from algebra, so praise God I went to Bible college, okay? But you guys get the picture. Why does that matter? Why is that cool? Why is that fascinating? Why? Thanks for asking. Pretty cool. March 17th, 1966. Wow, that's a long time ago before me. There was a news article that actually was in like the newspaper that just simply stated this phenomenon that there are never odd rows of corn on an ear of corn. In 1941 in Iowa, there was one ear of corn that someone found with odd with an odd number of rows. It was such a big deal that it went like national news. I'm not kidding you, amongst farmers. There's, there's, there's news clippings from it back then. In fact, there was a story of a man who was, who was a slave, and he picked corn, you know, for his slave, for his slave owner in, in, the, in the crops. And the slave owner said, tongue-in-cheek, giving a hopeless hope, all right, here you go. If you ever find me an ear of corn with an odd number of, of, with an odd number of rows on it, I'll give you your freedom. Yeah. This young slave had the mind of God, okay? God gave him some wisdom. Because he did find that row, and he did obtain his freedom. This is a true history fact, okay? This isn't like a story I'm making up. But you see, it didn't start off with him all of a sudden, boom, there's an odd one, great. It started off with him saying, hey, I want to find my freedom. I will never, ever, 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 ever find a ear of corn with an odd number of rows. So when he, when the ear, when the corn just began growing, he carefully peeled back the silk and the cover, carefully plucked out one entire row of corn while it was still young and growing. Put the skin back on, bound it together tightly, so come harvest time, he brought his freedom to his master. Obtain your deliverance and your freedom by any means possible in the Lord. Okay, with that, pretty fascinating. Why am I saying this? Genesis chapter 127. God has made us 
male and female. In the image of God, he created them, man and woman, he created them. Oh my goodness, it's so cool. I want you to look at science of the fact that there's never an odd row of corn, uh, of rows on this, of, of kernels, and in the same capacity that you can know that your life, if this dang piece of corn has such intentional design, how much more your life? How much more the purpose of what God created in your life? Oh my goodness, you're like, what about the people who are born with a disability? There are more people who uh, end up hurt. Guess what? The Bible doesn't say that they're not made in the image of God. So when you look at someone, I used to drive uh, the, um, the uh, bus for, for uh, the school district, uh, Bothell School District, that would pick up the kids who were dealing with mental disabilities or, or, or birth defects or, or behavioral disorders, and I would drive them to their, uh, to, to their, their school where they would go. And the amazing thing about that is every single one of those young people, whatever they were facing, they got on my bus, and guess what? They are made just in the same way that you and I are made in God's image. They are to image Yahweh. They are to be imagers of God. You see, we are made because guess what? If he's not, if those people aren't imagers of God because they were born with, with something broken or something, something defective and so therefore they cannot image God, guess what? That would mean that their life is not valuable. But I think that that is contrary to God's truth. I believe that their life is very valuable and I believe that they can image God if they are spoken into correctly. If they, are, if, they are, if, they are, if they have a revelation of the Lord, they can image him well. We image somebody. Are you imaging God or are you imaging the devil? You see, we, uh, there, if you look in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, here's the other thing you can be encouraged by. It says that we are never, I got, got here, um, 1 Corinthians, we are not tempted beyond that which is common to man. Have you been, ever been tempted to... Receive from the devil the Midas touch, and everything you touch turns to gold? Yeah. No. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you a facetious, over-the-top example, but there's nothing that you've been tempted by that, that, that is not common to you. That means that just as it's corn, you can expect it to have an even amount of rows every time. You can expect that God will ensure that you are not going to be tempted beyond what you can handle, that you are made in his image, and that you can live your life accordingly to his plans and purpose, knowing that he knits you together in your womb, in, in your mother's womb, Psalms 139. I knew you before you were even born. I knit you together in your mother's womb. Everyone say corn. corn. There's a purpose, okay? This is where I come from. Everyone say, this is where I come from. Okay. Not monkeys, okay? Corn. All right. Next step. Apple. Everyone say apple. Apple. Who likes apples? You, you want one? Yes. Well, I mean, I've been touching it a lot. Let's, let, let, let's, let's wait till afterwards. I got a couple up here. I'll hand them out, okay? They haven't been touched as much. So here we go. You got, you got corn. Pretty cool little science fact. There you go. Apples. I love apples. Apple pie, apple cobbler is my favorite thing ever. I, like, if you can make me a, a Dutch apple crisp, yeah, you will. And and it doesn't have real butter in it because I can't do that. Ice cream. Ooh, yes, it will change my life forever. Like, if you can make it like vegan for me, like that, like ideally coconut sugar would be cool. I love it because I, I don't do vegan because I think I'm fat, you guys. Like, I do vegan because other food makes me sick. Okay, so like, don't feel ashamed if you're like, oh, Pastor Kevin's vegan. Get over it. I wish I could eat ice cream like you. Okay, so I just can't. I'll get sick. But moving forward, apples. Did you know, according to God's design, this is a big branch. But when these branches fill up with leaves, 
every fifth leaf on the apple, apple tree branch grows exactly on top of and in the same alignment of the first leaf. Did you pick up what I'm saying? No. Think of this. Leaf number one up here, okay? Shoots out this way, opens up like this, okay? Next leaves, two, three, four, okay? Until you get to the fifth leaf again, that fifth leaf will grow exactly in the same angle, same direction, immediately above that, that first leaf. Every fifth leaf. You can actually do this on the holly tree. You can do this on cedar trees. You can do this on, you can do, you can do this on every uh, tree that has leaves. And you will find there is a cycle some of them take two whole turns before it says, boom, I'm going to repeat to be the exact same. It's so cool because you can find that there is a purpose and a plan, even though it looks like chaos in between. Yeah, that's okay. I'll just kick that off. That's all right. Uh, bye, Felicia. There we go. Even though it looks like chaos between, we can look at what the word has to say. Is that, uh, is in Ephesians 6, 13, that after having done everything to stand, stand firm, therefore. How does that plug into this? Because... Guess what? Between leaves one and then the fifth one, it might seem a little chaotic. It might seem a little messy. How many of you have, could admit, admit that your life sometimes is a little messy? Your life sometimes is a little chaotic. Sometimes you feel like, why the heck is my hair going this way when it's supposed to be going that way? Guess what? That's because you just need to wash your hair again, okay? Like, no, I don't know. Like, no, for real. Let's say I want you to understand this, young people, that just because your life is going in a direction you don't want it to go does not mean that there is not a plan and a purpose for God to bring you back into alignment and order with him. Just because for a minute you have stepped aside in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, in your walk, it does not mean that God does not have a plan and a purpose to restore you exactly to as you once were and to grow you even further. The other cool fact about this, man, someone say, come on, I just, I just need some encouragement up here. Let's go. It's hot in this thing. It's getting, it's getting hot in this thing. I can't, I can't my neck, you know. But did you know, fascinating enough, the number five in the Bible means grace. What does that mean? Why does it mean grace? And that's a whole other message of numerology. But the truth is that the number five means grace in the Bible. So when you see the number five, you can think, ah, oh, grace. Like, grace, cool. Just, just remember that, okay? Just trust me. You can talk to me about it later. But how cool is it that God, even in this little plant, in this tree, in this apple tree, he has planned moments of grace in its growth. How many of y'all know when you got when you got growing pains going on in your body? Come on, we've all been little, and you like you wake up in the middle of the night because ah! you know your foot is your foot. Oh, Melissa never got growing pains, but because your foot is like a cramp because it's growing. You're going to be thankful for a season of grace when you're not screaming your head off. God has intentionally planned seasons of in times of refreshing in your life. To be a grace unto you on your path to producing fruit. You see, the leaves aren't the, the, the end result. They're just the journey. The fruit at the end of the branch is the goal. Are you focused on the fruit that your life is producing? Everyone say sand. Sand. Josh... Uh, it was great. He, he knew what I was talking about. He was helping me trying to get this figured out. I'll get it figured out before the end of this. But there's this really cool scientist that wanted to be famous. Literally, he sought out to be famous. Kind of a weird thing for a scientist to do. Okay? 
But he's a scientist. Uh, I forget his first name, but his last uh, name is uh, Chow Chladney. Everyone say Chladney. Chladney. Okay. So now it's all always called Chladney's tones or Chladney's plates. Maybe you know what it is. But essentially, if you take if you take a metal disc, okay, and you bring a bowstring across that metal disc to make it vibrate at a, at the right frequency, that thing will vibrate in such a way that it starts to produce geometric shapes. It starts, and, and if you change the pitch or the tone, it'll produce different geometric shapes. In fact, what's so cool is if you hook up and you, if you can take a piece of glass, something that can vibrate a little bit smoother, you put tiny dollops of plaster, okay, or you put tiny dollops of watercolor, and you resonate your voice over it at a certain frequency, guess what it does? It doesn't just create shapes, but it can create images of ferns, flowers, shells, honeycomb, just by the tone of your voice vibrating the pane of glass. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's famous. Because I know him. And I have 115,000 followers on Instagram, apparently. I woke up, I don't know how it happened. I had 47,000 like two days ago, and then I woke up with 115. I'm like, what? I didn't even get a notification. There's a glitch somewhere. Anyways, but with that said, he's, what I'm not trying to make him famous, what I'm trying to do is make God famous right now, because the truth is, wow, how cool. There is a power in our voice. According to the word, if you look at the word, it says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that everything in creation was created by and held together by the power of his word. How did God create the heavens and the earth? Ooh, I'm pretty sure he spoke. Spoke. Let there be light. Let there be light. And boom, there was light. Let there be light. And poof, there was light. Let there be a firmament between the earth and then the sky. Boom, there it was. Let there be Water, let there, the only thing that we see that he didn't phys physically just speak into existence was man and woman whom he formed with his hands and then breathed his life, being, uh, uh, his life giving breath into them. Wow. Pretty cool, pretty fascinating. So why is this so cool? Well, guess what? Science and the word of God simply tells us that what we allow to hear, what we allow ourselves to listen to, and what we speak into our surrounding and into our life will greatly determine what we're living, how it's shaping us, how it's developing us into what we are. God spoke and poof, there it was. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this here full circle. Number one, corn, everybody say corn. 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 Purpose and identity, okay? Wow, how's corn and purpose and identity? That's a corny joke, huh? But um, <laughs> purpose is given in identity as imagers of Yahweh. This is where I started. God had a plan and a purpose for me. There is, I, there is nothing so unique and bizarre about me that God looks at and say, whoa, I didn't expect that. Everything that you come across in life, God knew and foreknew and knew that you could be able to handle it because he created you with intentional design. You're not a mistake. You're not useless. You're not ugly. Guess what? You're not. You say you're ugly. Guess what? You're made in the image of God. So I guess you're calling God ugly. That's rude. Okay. All right. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. I mean, serious. Amen. Serious. You don't think you look pretty? Guess what? Well, your perception of what you look like apparently has become more important than God's perception of how he created you. 
So you need to take a step back, men and women, and say, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm trying to view myself through a worldview that God did not give me. I'm not of this earth. I don't, I don't need, yeah, ladies, men, you can look nice, okay? It's okay to shave your armpits. Boys, I'm telling you, don't shave them bald, but we don't need it peeking out the front and the back, okay? Like, trim, do some manscaping in your armpits, boys, okay? It's okay. We know you got hair, okay? Get over it. Stop flexing it. It's okay. All right, all right, move forward. But what I'm saying is, young people, there is an intentional design in you and in every person on creation, whether they were born, as, as the world would say, perfect, or born, as the world might say, defective or broken or, or something is wrong. They are made in the image of God, and they have the capacity to emulate God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I have some very close friends of mine who were my youth pastor at one time in my life, and they have a daughter, a beautiful, they actually have two, two children, a son and a daughter, and their daughter was born with Down syndrome. And what I see with every family that has a child with Down syndrome is the beauty and perfection of God through grace, patience, kindness, compassion, loving mercy. My gosh, you, you will not find, it will be hard to find a family with someone who has, with a child who is, has something like that, like Down syndrome being born with an extra chromosome, or otherwise that is a bitter, nasty, angry family. How cool that even God can use our brokenness to bring out his will and purpose and design in life to glorify his name. Did he make that young person? Did he make that daughter of my old youth pastor? Did he make her broken? No. That's the byproduct of living in a fallen, sinful world and bad stuff happens. There's sickness, there's death. And that's why we have such a desperate necessity of the saving grace of Yeshua Jesus. But we should never look at ourselves or others and say, oh man, they're impossible of showing God. They're impossible. How could God use them? Wow, God, God used us. God used me. This is where I started. Created. Even genetically modified corn, corn. cannot grow an odd number of grains. How much more all of mankind? Mic drop. Corn drop. Apple, branch, grace. This is where I am. Everyone say, this is where I am. You're in a process of growth. We're all growing at some, at some capacity. We're all going through seasons. How many of you are tired and done with what we've had to do over this past year plus? Amen. I'm, I'm not trying to cause a fight. I'm not making a public declaration of, of insurrection. I'm saying I'm exhausted of hearing of young people falling into crippling suicidal depression because they've been isolated and cut off from, from their friends. Guess what? The suicide rate of young people and young adults has skyrocketed and the clinical depression rates has gone through the roof since we have had to completely retreat and isolate from one another. We need to really focus on what is God doing in this time and this season and say, this is where I am. I'm in a process. I'm trying to produce fruit. My life, my branch might look like chaos right now, but I know that the promise of God's design, he's going to bring grace in a time that I need it. Faithfully, confidently, 
He's going to bring that grace I need because his word promises that times of refreshing will come. Because remember, your goal is not just the journey, young people. Your goal is the fruit because the word of God tells us we should be producers of good fruit. I'm paraphrasing. Okay? We will be known by our fruit. If you don't produce fruit, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to be thrown in the fire. It only takes a, takes a year, maybe two years, of an of a orchard tree not producing fruit before they're like, ah, let's chop it up and, let it, and quit letting it use the resources. So how long have you been a Christian? How long have you been saved? How long have you been following Christ? I'm not trying to shame you or guilt you, but I'm asking, are you producing fruit? God is being gracious to you for sure. There's an establishing time where your roots need to grow and you need to mature, but there comes a time where you better start producing fruit as a follower of Christ or he's going to be like, yeah, you knew my name, but who are you? I don't know you. Lastly, Sam. You can say, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. As you look at that concept, and I try to paint a picture for you visually of the volume and the tone that shapes these beautiful honeycomb figures and, and all kinds of stuff, all just with the power of sound. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so he is. You want to know why? Because our thoughts crystallize into our words. Our words become our actions. And guess what? Our actions become our habits, and our habits become our character, and our character is who we are. So guess what? If you want to be something different than you are now, it begins with your thoughts. Because as you think you are now, so you will be tomorrow. No man or woman in this room has the power to choose who they're going to be when they grow up. That's impossible. You have the power to choose your thoughts today, and your thoughts will determine who you get to be. Your thoughts and whose thoughts you partner with will determine those actions and those habits and that character that will develop you into the individual that you want to be. Ephesians 5.26 reminds us to wash ourselves with the water of the word. Renew our mind. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing. And it actually means hearing, both with your ears and your heart. How amazing is it that God says, as you hear my word, you will begin to be transformed more into the image and likeness of me. Your mind will begin to renew. Your thoughts will become my thoughts. Wow, how cool that when, is when you allow the sound and the voice of God to wash over you that it actually starts to shape you and vibrate your innermost being to become that which you want to be. You see, I want to ask you young people, what sound is shaping you? Let's all stand to our feet when we close. I want to ask this question. Uh, and Taylor, would you come back up? And if you're available, I might, I might, we might go to time of worship. If he's not available, we'll just keep going with this. I want you guys to be prepared. Taylor, are you back there? I thought this was a CD. It's so perfect. Holy moly. Thank you. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and just let's fix our eyes on the Lord. Man, I thought that was a CD. You're so good, Taylor. You're held together by the power of his spoken word. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, this is where you're going. Sound is shaping you. And there is a sound of every generation that has shaped them. 
But I want to ask you, young people, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed tonight, what sound are you allowing to shape you? What sound are you allowing to form you? Not just the sound that's washing over you by others, but what's the sound that you're speaking into your environment? What's the word that you're speaking into your reality? What sound are you resonating with and amplifying? The power of life and death is in the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Corn, man, it's where I started. God had a plan, a purpose, a destiny, a design, and it never fails. Even if we think it fails, it doesn't matter what we think, because let every man be a liar, and God remains true. So even when you look at your life and you think, I'm a failure, I'm a nobody, I have no purpose, God says, shut that devil in your mind up because I planned you, I knit you together in your womb, but I've got these brokenness, I've got this, I've got this disability, I've got this, I've got no friends. The Lord reminds you again, shut those lies off. I formed you, I made you for my will and purpose. Quit focusing on what you can't do and ask me what you can do and you will begin to see how you can live a life full of identity and hope and freedom. Apple trees, you can count on his unending grace to lead us and to refresh us along the, along the journey. Where are you on that journey? Is your life chaos right now and you need that grace? I'm going to tell you right now, young people, some of you, you just got done with a season of grace. You might have a little bit of chaos, but God will be with you in the storm. Sometimes God calms the storm. Sometimes he gives you peace in the storm. There were wars that took place in the Bible. Angels didn't just wipe everybody out for everybody all the time. Sometimes you got to fight you got to ask for peace. you got to ask for boldness. you got to ask for endurance to hold on, knowing that a season of grace is coming, and it's not even about that. It's actually about what fruit am I producing, or am I just going to allow myself to prune this branch off and keep being nothing, producing nothing? What sound is washing over you? Everyone in here... I'm seriously talking about what music are you listening to? What shows are you listening to? What, in, what influencers are, are, are speaking to you? What words do you find coming out of your mouth more frequently than other words? Are you speaking life to your, to your family? Are you speaking life to yourself? Are you speaking life to your community? Because as you speak, you release a creative power into the natural world. It's by the power of the spoken word that people are delivered from demons, partnered with the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's even as you see with Ezekiel, when he looked at the valley of dry bones, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, and Ezekiel, in a vision, looked at the valley of dry bones, and God said, prophesy to the bones to come to life. It wasn't until he then partnered with what God was telling him and said, bones come alive, that boom, flesh 
began to come upon them. And God told them again, prophesy. There's a multi-step process that brought joint, disjointed bones back into joint. That brought, that brought muscle and, and, and sinew onto the bones. And every time that Ezekiel spoke, something else was released. Why? Because there is power in your voice. And you are either speaking life and hope and future to yourself and those around you. Or you are the one contributing to the death and decay that you see in the world by the power of your voice. Will you partner with God's promise tonight and speak his truth greater than your own thoughts? Though it may be very present and real in your reality, can you please partner with the truth of God and speak it until it becomes your reality? As a man thinketh, so he is. As a woman thinketh, so she is. So you're here tonight, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, young people in this room, I just want you, your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and just if, you, if you're comfortable, lift your hands to the Father. Ask Him, where am I on this journey? Do I need grace? Do I need identity? Do I need to just keep standing strong? And hold fast to the word of God and the armor of God so I can produce fruit? Who am I going to be 10 years from now if I just keep thinking and talking the way I'm talking? I'm not saying ignore your current circumstance, young people. I'm saying God's truth and God's word speaks a greater reality into existence. Heavenly Father, here we are. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd move upon us. We ask that you'd renew our mind. We ask that you would help us to actually fall in love with Jesus. Come on, young people. Actually fall in love with Jesus. I hate religion, but I love Jesus. Religion kills. The letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. So if you're here tonight, young people, and you're like, I don't want to really do church. I've been out of church because of COVID rules or whatever, and I'm finally back here. And you know what? It's kind of boring or whatever. Like, guess what? It's because you're dead inside a little bit. You don't actually fall in love with Jesus. You're not actually in love with Jesus. You're looking for to be entertained. I'm telling you, it's time to grow up, young people. I love you so much. I want to do games every day. I want to go do fun things all the time. But if it's always about the cool platform that I can fall through a hole on it at any moment, or if it's about the ma wrestling mask or the, or the nachos, guess what? It's a very shallow and superficial relationship that you have. You're about as shallow as a plate of cereal. Come on, you're not going to get much milk in that. But if we truly fell in love with Jesus... It wouldn't matter if we were in a back alley somewhere because we had no building. A guitar with three strings on it. And a whole bunch of people that can't carry a tune in a bucket. It would not matter because we are in love with Jesus. We're not in love with man. We're not in love with our thoughts. We're not in love with ourselves. We're not lovers of selves. of Jesus. If you're bored with church, I want to challenge you on people. And I'm inviting you right now to fall in love with Jesus. I'm inviting you to fall in love with Jesus. I'm inviting you to respond and say, Jesus, I need you. 
can't do this alone. Church was never meant to be boring. I don't think the apostles would have willingly been crucified upside down on the cross if church was boring. I don't think the disciples of Jesus would have willingly and joyfully allowed themselves to have every arm and leg tied to horses and then went to run different directions because the nachos were good. No. It's because Jesus is good. And come life or death, he is still good. Come happiness or dismay, he is still good. Come blessing or cursing, he is still good. Come challenge or obstacle, he is still good. Fall in love with him again tonight. Fall in love with this word. We're just going to worship for just a second here. And I want to invite you to step forward if you're comfortable as we worship for just another minute and talk with Jesus. If you don't have your own relationship with him, it's not a good place to be. It's not. If your relationship is because of your parents, it's time to own it. It's time for you to talk with God. It's time for you to do business with God. It's time for you to pray. Not for your parents to pray for you, but for you to pray for you and to know God. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.